We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Mock Draft 2.0. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Joining me for our first guest throughout this mock draft or this draft process is my good friend, Ron Gutterman from LakersNation.com. Ron, how you doing, bro? Doing good. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, draft research with a couple of uh, couple of buddies of mine, and we've just been putting together mock drafts for uh, for a website of ours. And, uh, yeah, so we're we're definitely prepared for this. Yeah. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, really quickly, who is your biggest your guy in this draft process so far, if you have one? Yeah, I don't know if I have one quite yet. Um, I mean, I I love guys like, you know, Jairus Walker. Like, I, I love some of those, like, wings at the top of the draft. Yeah. But I don't know if I have, like, a lower-level guy who's, like, my guy outside of, like, maybe Jaime Jaquez, just because that's UCLA. Like, that's a... Uh, you know, personal point of pride, yeah. uh, being from, being from like LA area. Uh, but other than that, no, I don't really have like a guy yet, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to get one over, over the course of this process. Yeah, I agree. Uh, nobody quite yet. Um, is Noah Clowney like too early to say like, he's a, my guy. I feel like, no, I, think, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I love guys like uh like a Kobe Buffkin. Like I think yeah. he's really good. Like, there are guys throughout this draft that I love, whether it's, you know, in the top five or like in the forties, there yeah. are dudes in this draft that I, that I love, but yeah, I, I think it's a little, it's just, we're a month away. It's hard to have like a guy that you're like, I know I, I will stake my career on this dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could do that two years in a row. I did it with Max Christie last year and uh, <laughs> the summer league experience with Max where he didn't play well, that was not fun for my Twitter mentions. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so one thing that I want to ask everybody whenever they come on, and especially when we talk draft list stuff, is kind of just get a peek into what that what the other person's like process is. So I think we might have like had a semi conversation about this off camera. But Ron, what when you're evaluating prospects, what's your kind of process? If you're like evaluating, I guess two parter, if you're evaluating like a shooter or a wing or whatever, and you're evaluating like how their shooting might progress to the nba level what do you use personally to kind of evaluate that yeah and it, it, I, i've been fortunate this year that i've been working on a lot of draft stuff with a group so i've kind of had like group ideas to go off of um but the way i've been evaluating guys is you basically i start with looking at basic the the basic tools what is their wingspan what is their height 
just to sort of get a baseline projection as to like what their archetype is going to be in the NBA, mm -hmm. just based on tools. Uh, then I'll go watch some film. I'll go watch some film on on players, either, you know, uh, like combine type stuff, whether it's just like shooting drills, stuff like that, or I'll go watch, uh, you know, some of their lower level games, some of their, if they played in the tournament, I'll try to watch those, but I try not to let tournament games affect my uh, opinion too, too much. Um, but I'll go watch some of their games and then I'll go look at some of the like, you know, deeper numbers, whether that's like, uh, you know, for a big man, I'm looking at like rebound percentage, things like that. I'm looking at uh, some of their like, some of the advanced analytics to see if it matches up with what I saw on film. You know, if I saw on film that this guy is like not a good rebounder, he doesn't get good positioning, but then I look at his numbers and he has like a crazy high offensive rebound percentage or crazy good per 40 numbers. Yeah. Uh, then I'll go back to the film and I'll be like, okay, where did I miss? Or are the stats misleading there? Um, so then that usually helps me fill out like, what I think the player is going to be at the NBA level. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's just, it's just simple, like projection. A lot of these guys, like the, the thing about the draft is outside of the top five, there's a lot of guesswork that goes into the draft. What I believe a player at 12 could be, could be way wrong. And someone else could believe something completely different and yeah. they're way wrong too. Like it's, it's a crapshoot really after in this draft, the top three, yeah. um, and not to say that there aren't a ton of good players in this draft, but after three, determining who the good players are going to be is, is a little harder. Um, so it's just it's a lot of just projection out. And again, luckily, I've had a group that's kind of we've we've kind of helped each other bounce ideas off each other. They're from different regions of the country. So like there's no biases by region. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's kind of how I would do things. Yeah, I, I love the point that you brought up about like mayor, like the marriage between film and data and i think like you can't have one without the other because yeah like, i think it's you watch the film and then you go look at some data or whatever you're like okay does this match up with what i saw and then like you mentioned if there's something glaringly off or like okay i must have missed something let me go rewatch some more film um is there like a limit or like at least a a baseline amount of games that you have to watch like me personally i minimum watch at least four like full games of a prospect mm -hmm. Um, and then like, for example, um, Cam Whitmore, I think I'll watch more than four. Like if I really like you as a prospect, I'm going to watch a little bit more probably to the, my own detriment, but yeah. like just confirmation bias, just confirm, right, confirmation bias. Jordan Hawkins, I think I'll watch more than four. Um, but yeah, I think th there is a marriage between data and film. And I think if you only use one and ignore the other, I think then you're leaving some, you're potentially leaving some important information out. Yeah, I mean, especially with, you know, it, it's so tough with guys who are one and dones who maybe didn't even play a full freshman season. Like, yeah. if you just watch film, you, you need to watch all the film that exists on a player in order to truly understand who they are without looking at data. Data is kind of the bridge between having to watch three games of a player and having to watch 30. 30. Um, so that and that's why, like, I, again, I will always like if if a data point does not match what I saw in some of the film that I watched, um, then I'll find a new like I'll find a new game to watch. I'll find a new piece yep. of film to watch and see if that changes how I feel, if that confirms what I saw originally, which is, hey, this this stat isn't lining up and it's not like th the film is showing me this. 
Um, and again, it's just a lot of it's a lot of projection and it's a lot of guesswork. Yeah. All right, let's get into what we're here for. So what we're going to do today is Mock Draft 2.0, obviously. We're going to take turns, basically going back and forth, running through the entire first round, meaning I'm going to have the first pick, Ron's going to have the second pick, there, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I, th- I just think I've made the decision in like the past five minutes or whatever that I'm not going to do any trades. I'm going to save that for Mock Draft 3. Yeah. Make it more simple. I get to get cool graphics for Mock Draft 3. So... uh. Number one overall pick, the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, Ron, I'm, I'm definitely taking Cam Whitmore, right? Yeah, uh, Cam Whitmore, is, your favorite player of all time. <laughs> it's definitely uh, Victor. I think the draft Victor. starts here with Charlotte. Yeah, the draft the draft starts here, and this is a really interesting decision. If I'm Charlotte here, uh, I'm taking Brandon Miller. Um, I think Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson are very even in terms of their – like their abilities as prospects. Um, but I think with Charlotte, Brandon Miller is just a perfect fit. Um, I also I also just think that Brandon Miller's game is more directly translatable to a long-term NBA career. Um, mm-hmm. And this isn't a slight on Scoot Henderson. I think there's like, he has real all-star star potential in this league. Yeah. But if I'm making the safe bet as to who I think is going to be a 10 to 15 year pro and be really good that whole time and going with Brandon Miller. It's similar to kind of like how people felt about like Jabari Smith jr. Last year Mm. uh, where it's like, Hey, maybe his ceiling isn't superstar top five player in the league, but you know, for a fact, he's going to be good and productive for a very long time. That's how I feel about Brandon Miller. Yeah. Okay, so now I feel super bummed that I said no trades because if I'm Portland and I have three and Scoot Henderson's on the board, I'm trading that so fast. Um, but it's Scoot Henderson for me to a Portland. Um, yeah, well, our name is now kind of outed, but maybe they trade Anthony Simons in this yeah. in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got to get off one of those guards. And, I, and I've been, like, arguing that I'm Portland. I personally, like, Dame, love you. But, like, just cash in on the value now because this is, I promise you, Dame's value is going to start falling. So just get yeah. rid of them. Do it now. But uh, we do, Portland is probably going to trade this pick, this third pick, and try to build around Dame and Anthony Simons. To me, it's a little absurd. I would be looking to trade Dame. Um, I also think it was ridiculous that you finally split up Dame and CJ McCollum because two small guards that don't play defense don't work together just to replace CJ McCollum with another and small guard that doesn't play defense. Like, so it, it just never really made sense to me. But you know, whatever. I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna throw a fuss for Portland. Uh, they should trade this pick. Yeah. All right. Should. Fourth. Uh, fourth, who is drafting fourth here? It's the Houston Rockets. This is not my board, by the way. I should probably have put my board in, but it's fine. Uh, so the Houston Rockets, um, I, I'm really between two guys, and it's not the exact two guys you're thinking, but I am going to go with Eamon Thompson here. Okay. Um, the, the wide belief is that he is the next best player. Um, there are people in Houston that believe this is a four-player draft, not a three-player draft, which is, of course, what you say when you have the fourth pick. Um, so whether they're trying to trade it, whether they're trying to convince people that they got their guy, I think Eamon Thompson is that guy. I think he's a perfect fit in Houston. 
All right, number five, the Detroit Pistons, who, in my opinion, got screwed. Uh, just with the fifth pick, worst record in the NBA, you land five. But I think in my last mock, I mocked them Anthony Black at five. Mm-hmm. I think Monty's hiring. I'm going to sway my pick just a little bit. I'm going to go Cam Whitmore. I'm going to go Cam Whitmore at five here to Detroit. That seems like one of my favorite fits in this draft now. Like Monty's in the house. Now your projected starting five is Cade, Jaden Ivey, Cam Whitmore, Bojan, and uh, Jalen Duran. Yeah. Monty's cooking now. I like that pick a lot. All right. So Orlando at six. Um, I think it is time for the Orlando Magic to end the Jonathan Isaac experiment. I think it is time to move away from him. And to replace him, I say the Orlando Magic should draft Jairus Walker. Mm. Um, I love Jairus Walker. Um, one of one of my and I I wanted him to Houston at. Um, I, I really would love him to Houston at four just because of the <laughs> Houston connection, but that's way too high. I know he's not the fourth overall pick in this draft, yeah. but I love Jairus Walker. I loves what he I love what he brings defensively. I think in that Orlando scheme. Um, if it is time to move away from Jonathan Isaac, even if they keep him, I think Jairus Walker is a perfect fit there. Okay, well, uh, I think the Indiana Pacers are the happiest team in the world right now because Taylor Hendricks is now calling their name. Um, I personally prefer Taylor Hendricks over Jairus Walker, me personally, but it's, by, yeah. it's not by a lot. It's to where like I'm happy with either one, and the team before me takes one of the other two, and... I mean, like, if I'm an idiot, I'm eyeing either Taylor Hendricks or Jairus Walker at seven. So if the yeah. Magic would have helped me out and take one of them, okay, I'll just take the other one at seven. Perfect fit. And now the Washington mid-Wizards, which, I mean, my bad, the Wizards, not the mid-team. The Wizards are at eight. You have the tough task. Yeah. Are you going guard here? I am going guard here. There are a few. I mean, look, you see the board right now. Like, everyone's a guard. <laughs> Um, the guard I'm picking is Anthony Black. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's kind of, you know, Asar Thompson. Uh, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. I think I've been saying Asar Thompson. Um, but I, I think he's kind I, I don't love his fit next to uh, next to Bradley Beal just because we mm-hmm. don't quite know what he is yet. I think he's more of a project. I think Anthony Black, we know a little bit more what he is. And what he is is a very good fit. Uh, next to um, next to our boy Bradley Beal, uh, and you know, I think that it's time that they start making picks that actually fit with their with their core. Uh, I think with Anthony Black, Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Porzingis, you're starting to yeah. get uh, the look of a pretty interesting team. Corey Kispert, like they, they have some pieces. If you Yatia is is you know yeah. gonna be solid at some point. Like they they have some pieces. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna take another guard then. For the Utah Jazz, we go Kassan Wallace or Kaysen Wallace. Kassan or Kaysen Wallace. This is what I've been saying. I don't know if that's right, but okay, Kaysen Wallace. I am sold on the offensive upside, and I think defensively, he's the best defensive guard. Not named Anthony Black, and I think it's close. Yeah. Like th- those two are those just one A and one B defensively. Defensively, the top of this draft. Yeah, and then. I like the offensive versatility where we saw him earlier in the year at Kentucky be more of a spot up catch and shoot guy. He had some success with that. And then obviously towards the back end of the season, he was more in an on ball role. I know like personally, I don't think it's the best decision in the world to scout the Jersey. 
But I think with Kentucky's resume, you're like, okay, Kentucky guard, almost guaranteed they're going to be pretty good at basketball. They'll be solid. They'll be, <laughs> They'll be solid. solid. Right? Worst <laughs> case scenario. And I don't know. I think Utah just needs another, a new on ball guard. You get Kassan Wallace or Kaysen Wallace, whichever one we'll find out on draft night. Um, <laughs> you pair him with Ochai, Lori Markinen, uh, Walker Kessler. You have 16. I like where we're at with the Utah Jazz. The Dallas Mavericks definitely not trading this pick. Uh, yeah, this is fascinating. Um, if I could, I would trade this pick a thousand times. Um, but given who we have on the board, I think I'm going to go with Grady Dick. I think Grady Dick is the pick here for Dallas. Um, you have a little bit of the size. He's he's listed as a guard, but he's more of a wing in terms of like NBA standards of what wings do. Um, I think... They obviously need some wing depth after trading Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, I, I like the fit. I mean, I, I prefer they trade this, but of the available players, he's kind of the fit I like the best. I think the Mavs got screwed over. Like, the top wings are gone. Too early for a Derek Lively. Yeah. <laughs> like, if this is the board you're not trading this pick, you got screwed. And, and, and like, Asar Thompson, like, the Mavericks cannot gamble on someone with upside. Like they need yeah. someone who's a little more proven now. And I think Grady Dick is a little more proven now. Uh, speaking of gambling on upside, I think I mocked this in the last mock drafts. I like Azar Thompson here to the Orlando magic. Just Great take pick. a gamble on the upside. Um, I think this stops the slot. honestly, like I think very polarizing yeah. player, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take him at 11. The Oklahoma City Thunder, there's rumors they might trade this pick, uh, trade this pick and trade up in the draft and package this with their a billion other first-round picks. Uh, Ron, where are you going with here for the Thunder at 12? Yeah, so I'm actually going to use a little bit of intel here uh, just from mm. people that I've talked to. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, if they pick at 12, are likely going with a very like off-kilter pick here. Uh, Bilal Koulibaly. Yes! Hold on, uh, I that mocked is, that in mock draft one. Let's freaking uh, go. Bilal Koulibaly, uh, the forward from France, I believe is going to OKC if they pick here. I don't know if they're going to pick here. They may trade down and try to get him a little later. Um, I don't. He's not the 27th best prospect. I don't know why uh, Fansbo has that here. Um, yeah. But that this is kind of where I see him going. The Thunder, I believe, love him. And I, I see why he he has he has all the tools. He's one of I mean, obviously the best international player in this draft is Victor Wambanyama, but he's um, he's one of the best international players in this draft. Uh, and I think um, he he's going to make a pretty pretty immediate impact in the NBA. Let's go. Well, Ron, that's made my day. So thank you. <laughs> Happy for you. Um, the Toronto Raptors who are in a very close situation to being stuck. Um, I think I, 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 I'm going to go guard. Give me Keontae George here at 13. Um, I, I just, I will, I, I don't want to see the Raptors take another wing. They need a guard that could create his own shot consistently. Uh, I don't think Fred comes back. I think they're kind of done with the Fred Van Vliet experience. If I'm being completely honest with you, Keontae George, the shot, uh, the shot making is there. 
but the shot selection yeah. is very frustrating. And then there's times where the playmaking isn't as consistent as you want it to be. But yeah. if you can really hone in on the skills he does already have, pairing him with a Scotty Barnes, OG Anobi, Yaka Pertle in the long-term future, I like this fit a lot for the Raptors. The Pelicans at 14, last pick in the lottery. Very interesting spot, I think, for the Pelicans. Yeah, and um, I think I'm, again, going a little bit off the board here. Uh, not really any of those top guys we're looking at. I already mentioned him once on this on this stream. Um, I'm going with Kobe Bufkin here uh, to the Toronto Raptors. I believe that he is a lottery-level talent. I think he's like a 13 to 18-level guy. And I look at the Pelicans, and I see, like – the ideal fit um obviously him and cj are not a perfect one-two punch but I, yeah. I do see him as a really good fit next to brandon ingram and if he ever plays again zion williamson yeah the atlanta hawks here at 15 i think there are two directions they're gonna go and they're, i'm gonna base off the way the board is shaping up and i'm gonna lean more towards the version that i had in mock draft one because i just love the fit because i think Super high upside dude, but he just needs somewhere. Where I don't think there's necessarily a ton of pressure on him. And the, the Hawks need a ton of cost control guys with a ton of upside. I'm going to go GG Jackson here at 15. Oh, dang. I was praying to the Lords that he would be available for the Heat at 18. <laughs> oh, that I would be so scary. I think him on the Heat is like the best fit in the draft. Like, I yeah. I was waiting for that, but no, this is a great pick for Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the Lakers Nation pod a, a couple of days ago, like where we're going through teams that could reach that second tax apron. And like you mentioned, I don't think the Hawks with this team want to do that. So you get a cost-controlled guy with a ton of upside that's, what, only 18? Yeah. Gamble, but I think they need it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Uh, okay, so the Utah Jazz here. Um, I have them taking, uh, this is off my my mock draft here that I've created. Um, I have them taking Leonard Miller uh, mm. from the G League Ignite. From hailing from Canada. Um, yeah, I think this is a really good fit here. Uh, they are kind of, they're missing some of like, they have obviously Lowry Markinen and Walker Kessler, who Walker Kessler is like a great, great story for them. Um, but I think they're missing a little bit of like a, a, a really solid defensive presence in like that three, four slot. Mm-hmm. And I think he can slot in as sort of like a, a big rangy four. That Lowry Markinen, while he is long, it doesn't have the defensive chops to to kind of play that role. And I think Leonard Miller does. All right, really quick. If this is how the board looks for the Lakers at 17, I'm trading back so fast. Like, dude, <laughs> hold on. This is the, Jalen Hood, Shafino is still here. Nick Smith, Jet Howard, Bryce Zinsibog, Jordan Hawkins, Dariq Whitehead, Derek Lively, Noah Cloudy, Chris Murray, Max Lewis, Kobe Jones. Like, bro, I'm yeah. trading back if this is the board. Um, okay. But the reason why I'm not trading back here is because Jordan Hawkins is still on the board. So give me Jordan Hawkins. I mean, as long as he's on the board in any of these mock drafts, I'm almost always going to mock him to the Lakers. That's It's an ideal fit. It's everything the Lakers were sort of missing this last year. Um, even after the trade deadline, it's uh, someone who – like. I know it's silly to be like winning experience in in college, but like you look at all those Villanova dudes, like they come in and make impacts. Josh Hart, like these dudes come in and make impacts because they understand what it takes to win win championship level games. Yep. And I think from a scheme fit, one of my favorite scheme fits in the draft where as frustrating as Darwin and the coaching staff can be, this is a guy that you're either you're one kind of have to like get more creative for him because that's just how good Jordan Hawkins is. And in terms of like the Lakers ball screen attack, they struggled against Golden State and Denver with their ball screen attack because they like to involve their shooters in their ball screen attacks to counter drop coverage. And if Malik Beasley isn't playable, that's your only shooter off screens and stuff like that. So yeah. your playbook screwed. So one of my favorite fits, the Miami Heat here at 18. Uh, Ron, I mocked a guard to the Heat last time. I wanted, I wanted Gigi Jackson here, uh, of course, but you had to ruin that for me. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy. I, I don't think that this is a very like Heat culture pick uh, because yeah. he's not really a great defensive player. But I do think the Heat need a little bit of punch at the guard position. I'm going to go with Nick Smith Jr. here. That's what I mocked last time, yeah. Um, I think Nick Smith Jr. is is kind of the right – uh, idea just to give some punch into that into that offense. I don't know what the future holds for Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson in Miami. I think at some point they're going to have to pick between the two, um, just because they're in a tricky-ish financial situation. And I think if they have to pick between the two, it opens the door for a guard who 
brings you that scoring punch who similar to uh Keontae George has some shot selection issues but doesn't have shot making issues and the heat need shot makers uh, to get them through the regular season so 19 here for the Golden State Warriors a very interesting spot uh I I don't like this pick but I think if I'm the Warriors, I need like a day one coming and contribute. I think I lean Chris Murray. I think I lean Chris Murray. Give myself a yeah. wing that can kind of replace Otto Porter Jr. When like you look at this team, like I, I think they like Jonathan Kaminga, but I think the, the two timeline thing isn't really working. And Chris Murray can really fit into this timeline. That's the biggest yeah, that's still trying to win a championship and maximize the final years of Steph Curry. All right. Uh, Houston Rockets at 20. Uh, who did we have them taking at four? We have them taking Eamon Thompson. Yep. Uh, I'm going to continue to build out with what is my ideal basketball team, which is wings on wings on wings. Uh, they already have Jabari Smith Jr. They got Eamon Thompson, who's, you know, a, a two, three combo. And now I am taking Maxwell Lewis. Mm, that's a bit early in my opinion, but go ahead. Uh, what's your reasoning about that one? I'm curious. Taking Maxwell Lewis, I think the Pepperdine part scares people off. I think uh, he didn't play in a lot of high leverage situations. But again, when it comes to drafting, when it comes to like me like taking the crapshoot that is the draft, I lean on archetypes. And I think a, a he has the real uh, chance to be a two-way wing in this league and we know the value that two-way wings have in 2023 uh so i think houston doubling and tripling down on two-way wings is going to only be beneficial for them in the future fair uh the brooklyn nets who have back-to-back picks here back so this will be fun uh i'm gonna start it off and i'm gonna go Derek lively i think correct this is perfect (laughs) timing for Derek Lively, I think you could also now get away with not having to pay Nick Claxton, who's a good player, but this could be your ideal Nick Claxton replacement with a much higher defensive ceiling than Nick Claxton, while uh, also you can at least take the gamble on his offensive ceiling, if you will, because you're not in a rush necessarily. You're not competing for championships. So there's no pressure necessarily. No, I think that's I think that's a good one. Um, so Derek Lively to Brooklyn. Now I want them to take a guard here. I think I'm going to go with Jalen Hood Shafino. Um, I think they need a guard. Uh, the the wing thing, like I know as much as I love wings, if you have 13 wings, um, <laughs> it's probably not great for uh, for roster building. Um, and their wings are not really like super high level. Uh, so they need to figure out how to build out the other parts of their roster to match outside of Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, uh, what they kind of have there. Um, so that's where I'm going in this situation. Uh, there are still some really crazy names at the top of this board available that I love. Yeah. The Portland trailblazers, they took Scoot Henderson at three. We're looping back around and, uh, Honestly, I think I'd be a little bit bummed out that um, Derek Lively got taken. I think I'd be yeah. bummed that both Chris Murray and Max Lewis got taken. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, I originally, in, in my last mock, I had Portland taking Deron Holmes here. 
who returned to school. Which yeah. That's a huge bummer because I had him going <laughs> 23rd, which like, why are you going back to school? But I guess maybe uh, he got the wind that he would not be going 23rd um, because that's that's where I had him. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. For me, it's going back and forth between like a Dariq, a Dariq Whitehead or a Noah Clowney here at 23. Yeah. Or Portland. And I think I'm going to go Dariq Whitehead. Here okay. at 23. Yeah. For Portland. So Portland ends their first round with Derek Whitehead and Scoot Henderson. I think they got bummed out. Like Ron had uh Deron Holmes going to him at 23. He goes back to school. You don't get Brandon Miller, who I think would have been the better fit for Portland at three. Chris yeah. Murray and uh Max Lewis and Derek Lively go like three picks before you back to back to back. <laughs> So this has been a brutal draft for Portland, but it's been so sorry. So sorry to the, to the people of Portland. <laughs> 24 uh, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you didn't do what I thought you were going to do. Noah Clowney here is the perfect, perfect, perfect fit for Sacramento. I love them adding another forward here. Um, I love them kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking like I'm picturing a lineup that is Sabonis, Clowney, uh, Murray, Barnes, and Fox, and I'm just like that feels like something. That feels like something actually really good. Um, so yeah, I love that fit there, and I, I I think the versatility of what Clowney can bring, both as like a like any he can really he's a he can defend three four five. I think like I project him the ability to guard three four five, and yeah. I think that's exactly what Sacramento needs. All right, Memphis Grizzlies here at twenty five. Um, I'm good. I'm just gonna do. It. I'm just gonna take take Chet Howard here, 25. Get you yep. have your Dylan Brooks replacement, except a better offensive player. Um, can you uh, defensively? He improved as the season wore on. Not a good defender still in the slightest, but there were some. There were enough improvements to be like, okay, cool. There's at least a hint of defensive upside here, and then the 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 shot making, honestly, offensively from three and from the mid range areas there cannot create his own shot at the rim though and the yeah. athleticism is very concerning but and they're shot there making there are a bit of personality concerns with jet howard as well um but you know those are always either like you know pretty cl- pretty early into a guy's nba career if personality concerns from college are real yeah. or just a figment of draft nicks doing whatever yeah uh 26 the indiana pacers yeah indiana pacers here um so Again, I have a couple of pieces of intel here, uh, and I believe with that intel, the Pacers are going to go with Brandon Podziemski here. Um, the Pacers, from what I've been told, have made a couple of promises at the end of the first round. So 29, they're going to take another person that's like not really at the top of boards, but I'm doing that just because I've heard that they are going to do that. Gotcha. Um, 27 here. I'm going to stop this slide after a really bad for because I'm actually super high on them. Bryce Denson Vog. And it's perfect that you took Brandon Miller at two because yeah. now I get to throw Bryce Denson Vog into the mix. Uh, I mocked him a little bit closer to the lottery in my last mock. That's how high I'm on Bryce Denson Vog. It's um, very high because I have him at 35 in my recent mock. Geez. Yeah. My, no, group but that's, not, my group is not high on Bryce Denson 
<laughs> no, but that's the interesting thing. That's why like draft season is so fun because like yeah, you'll have mocks where Zensibog is like as early as twelve, and then there's mocks like I mean yours for example where he's like thirty to thirty five range. So yeah. the feel on Zensibog is very interesting. All right, twenty eight Utah. Uh, I am going with, and I'm going to use my 28th and my 30th pick. Um, I'll let you know with 29, you can make who you're going to pick, but I, I believe they have a promise there, but, uh, 28, um, I am having the Utah jazz again. Who did they take the first two picks? Uh, case and Wallace and Leonard Miller. Leonard Miller. Okay. I am having them take, uh, city Sissoko here. Um, as you can tell, I'm really in love with the international class. Uh, of this draft mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it's because I've just scouted them a little bit more I don't know why I've scouted them a little bit more but I love the international group in this class uh, and yeah I think I think he's a good fit in Utah so who did who do the Pacers who have they promised I'm very curious but uh, uh, Bobby Clintman ah that's, that's great I think I mocked them Bobby Clintman the last one yeah I they they are I, I believe they're either taking him at 29 or 32 um because they have 32 as well um that's just what i've heard could be completely wrong also they could be when they promise a guy it could mean like oh we're gonna trade down and take you at 39 or we're gonna trade up and take you at 22 like it's just it's random yeah um i think i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna do it i mocked him to them last time why not uh where is it jeez that's yeah, he's not 50s. highly. <laughs> no, he got to be highest. Yeah. All right. Los Angeles Clippers here at 30. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers, I am having them take, uh, again, one of my favorite players in this draft. He, If if there's a, like, uh, my guy, like, he is up there with one of my guys, and that's Ryan Rupert. Um, I, the the defensive upside is there. It's like he is he is going to be a great defender in this league. Um, now the question is, do you believe in the offense? And I believe in the tools. Um, he's not a great shot maker at this point, but he is a great feel for the game. He is a good passer. He has a little bit of ball handling ability for like a wing, uh, you know, like a 2-3 type. He has a better ball handling ability than most 2-3s. Um, and so I think the shot making will come around because when I watch the form, when I watch him shoot, it doesn't look bad. Uh, it just doesn't go in. Um, and so I, I do think that'll come around if he spends some time with NDA level shooting coaches. Um, and I, I love Ryan repair. Yeah. Another one of the picks I mocked at 30 last mock draft was Ryan repair here at 30. Just give them another wing that again, the defensive upside is, is there like from an offensive and like, tools and physical tools is there defensively it got him to start on a uh australian team that went to the finals um he is he is going to be at, like to me an elite elite defender yeah um all right so just kind of wrap things up any first i think the biggest name that we didn't have going was kobe jones um yeah. which i think any of those early round two teams are like excited because i think kobe jones is around one guy um but ron when you look at how we had this first round going in our mock draft uh and anything that stands out to you like where are some teams that you think 
walks away from night one, not night one, but the first round, uh, feeling really excited. I mean, I think the Orlando Magic would have to feel pretty good. Uh, you walk away with Jairus Walker and Asar Thompson, which, like, to add to Franz Wagner, uh, Jalen Suggs, like, they, Paolo Bancaro, like, they have a very, very interesting group. Um, and I think, like, adding a Jairus Walker and an Asar Thompson, like, the defensive boost that you're going to get with those guys um, if Paolo's shot making improve continues to improve, uh, if Jalen Suggs continues to improve, they have some other good pieces there. Like I, I really like Orlando. Like when I look at those two on Orlando, I see like maybe this is a team that can make some play in noise similar to OKC. I love the Jazz draft that we had. Um, you had Casey Wallace, Leonard Miller, and then you also land City Sissoko. I yeah. love that draft for them. Um, again. Give them all the wings um, outside uh, Case and Wallace. And then I also really quickly, I really like this Nets draft. Um, you get Derek Lively and then Jalen Hood, Shafino. Um, I, I think they need another guard. And then I think Derek Lively is just the ideal replacement to a Nick Clax. If you don't want to pay him, right? Best case scenario is you have a really good defensive center. And then his backup is also a really freaking good defensive center with some offensive upside. Um, yeah. yeah and then Derek Lively carries with him a little bit more offensive upside than Nick Claxton, mainly because Nick Claxton, we've kind of seen he, he's not developed, but he's like, we're seeing closer to what he is. Uh, whereas Derek Lively, I think still has some room to grow. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. This was super, super fun. Um, appreciate you, Ron, for, Hopping on for sure. Um, yeah, I think Laker fans will feel followed. Again, not not to reiterate, dude. If this is my board, unless Jordan Hawkins is in there, I'm trading back. Yeah, but, but like if Jordan Hawkins is there at 17, you got to take him. That's kind of the fit. Um, I think everyone kind of knows it. It seems like that's the like the ideal for everyone is just hey, Jordan Hawkins is available at 17. You just you just take the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ron, thanks so much for hopping on, bro. This was a ton of fun as always, man. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. Till next time. We'll see you and stay safe.